Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The, the former Camogie captain Anna Geary, who has been married to Kevin Sexton since uh, October 2019, has revealed she's constantly bombarded with baby questions because she's a woman. And speaking to the RTE guide, the Cork native said people need to be mindful when it comes to asking women about their plans to start a family. Anna, who is a coach in Ireland's fittest family, also pointed out that she is asking about or she's asked uh, about how having children a lot more than her co-star Davy Fitzgerald, of course, because he's a man. Uh, women get asked that question a lot more than men do. Uh, I asked Davy if he got asked about having children, and he said he hadn't. It's something people need to be a little bit more mindful of and explain nowadays there's certain awareness that people need to have that not everyone is going to be able to have a family or maybe they don't want to have a family. It's a very personal thing, she said. And she also said, she's 33 years of age, by the way, she also said, uh, we uh, would like a family. Yes, we would. Uh, will we have a family? That's not really our decision. And I'm mindful of that. In other words, whether she can have children or not. And during the previous interview in the Irish Sunday Mirror, Anna said that Irish women should be having louder conversations about fertility and issues surrounding uh, conception. She said, I'm actually aware of the amount of people who struggle with fertility, she said. We're afraid to talk about it. It's wonderful that the mental health stigma is in a much better place uh, than it was when but people just don't want to talk about IVF or fertility challenges until they actually go through it. And I think it's really important that we talk about it. Um, I think it's very important that we talk about the ability to have children. And I know there is a sense of, this is a very Irish thing to do, isn't it? You know, when somebody gets married or somebody is engaged or whatever, or, you know, and stirring, yeah, God will be good to you. Are you trying? Are you trying? Would you like a family? Would you like a few? Would you like a boy or a girl? Uh, when are you thinking of having children? Uh, that's the next step, isn't it? Now you're married now, having children. Are you going to get the house first? Or are you going to have the children first? It's always, the, and they wouldn't say it to a man. But I suppose the reason primarily they wouldn't say it to a man is that men don't have babies. Although we do impregnate women, we don't actually have babies. It is ultimately a woman that will have a baby. So I understand why women would, would be said more to women. But we do have to be very mindful of the large percentage of women who can't have a children or can't have a child. And we talked about this last week when we talked about funding IVF treatment for women who can't have children. We talked about the fact that many Irish women just can't, and many women around the world, by the way, just can't have children. And that can be heartbreaking. And even more heartbreaking when you're trying so hard to conceive and to have a child and you really want a family and you've got mother-in-law or your mates turning around saying, Ant stirring yet? Ant happened there? <whistles> Down below? How's things going there? Any, t- any sign of a child yet? Or, you know, that should be coming soon? Or, you know, and, and I, I imagine that can be very difficult because it's heartbreaking as it is not to be able to have a child. And we don't understand that because it's something we take for granted as human beings. All of us today listening who have children look at our children and we never for a minute, most of us thought, oh, we're not going to be able to have children. You can imagine as a young woman, particularly as a young woman, and by the way, I don't discount fathers as well. There's a lot of men have a desire to be a father. But you can imagine as a young woman being told by a doctor, I'm sorry, you're never going to have children. You're not going to be able to have children. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, by the way. It's a condition. It's not a disability or anything like that. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It might not be your fault. It might not be your partner's fault and his sperm count, etc., etc. It could be due just to the fact you're not sexually compatible. You're not reproductively compatible. And I've heard about that in the past. So do you think there's anything wrong with asking a woman, is she going to start a family? Because Anna believes it's kind of, well, it's inappropriate. We need to stop saying that to women. We need to stop saying to women, when are you going to have a child? I mean, maybe you've been through this before. Did it bother you? Maybe, 
I suppose what would be good if we could talk to you and open up a conversation about infertility. Open up a conversation about women who just can't conceive and how it makes you feel. And then maybe people listening will have a better understanding of how upsetting it can be and how hurtful. Not that people mean bad when they say it to you, but it can be just very, very hurtful. You know, when people say to you, are you having a baby? Is it coming soon? Or all those kind of things. So let me know. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. The question simply is, is it time that we stopped saying to women, you know, are you going to start a family soon? Or whatever those kind of things that people say. And also, let's open up a conversation and have an honest conversation about not being able to have children. You know what I mean? Because nobody really says it to a man. So we need to, and I'm not being politically correct because you know I'm the last person in the world to be politically correct. I'm just not politically correct. So let's open up the conversation about it's okay to talk about it. If you're a woman who can't have a child, it's all right to talk about that and you know, tell other people about your experience and how you feel. Uh, the number again is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Maybe you've been in that position. Maybe you're getting IVF treatment at the moment and people don't understand what it's like to be in your position. Please let us know because you said we are afraid to talk about it. And we are. Nigel, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Nigel? Hi, Nigel. How are you doing? Nigel, I mean, it's nice to talk to you too. It's a difficult conversation, isn't it? And I'd I'd like to hear from women as well today this. It is a difficult conversation to have, you know, with anybody if they can't have a child. That's a terrible conversation to have with anyone now. But I I, I think it's, I don't know whether it's just an Irish thing. Is it going back, you know, you go back to Glen Rowe and, you know, the anything, you know, with Dinny and Miley and, and, you know, the anything is right in store yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that's anything store Yeah, that would have been a weekly line. When he and he, if you look at it again, now he actually looks at her belly when he's saying it. Yeah, he looks down. Joe Lynch, remember he say that in store, and he he give her the nod as much as to say, you know what's going on. And we um, and, and it, we and we never for a minute. I mean, I've often said, you know, I've said to Ashling or whatever, or I've said, you know, to Ruth, I might say, you know, would you like to have children? And I, I don't mean any badness when I'm saying that. By the way, you know, I'm, no, I think I think you know, I, you know, I I think the questions are right to be asked in certain. Circles. I mean, if I had one of my best mates and he's getting married or he's 25 or 26, 27, you know, I think if you say to him something on the lines of, he's hope to start a family or he's going to do a bit of travelling or, you know, in in in, in that yeah. context, I think it's okay, Niall. I really, and if, there's, if there's something going on that you don't know about and maybe, God forbid, the lady or, or the man can't reproduce, I don't really think that's your fault, Niall. I don't really think you're being insensitive I mean, if you knew, if you knew, you know, he was firing blanks or, or, or whatever, and, and, and the woman couldn't have kids, and you were still taking the, the you know, the, the P1SS, well then, that's absolutely disgusting and wrong. They say roughly the figures, and I'm looking at figures of the bigger sample size would be America, 10% of women, um, you know, will have great difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant, which is, by the way, another issue that we need to talk about is staying pregnant. Many women will have, you know, many miscarriages before eventually stopping and, you know, deciding to adopt or deciding My own wife, yeah, my own wife, yeah. my, my wife has had four miscarriages, very yeah. sorely, and, we, and we've got four. And it's devastating. I, 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 yeah, I imagine what that could be like. like. I, I said, we've got four kids in heaven and we've got four kids on the earth, you know, yeah. and, 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 and that's the way we look at it. You know, but and it, that must it, mean, I mean, at what stage of the pregnancy did she have the miscarriages? Um, she two, 12 weeks, a 13 and a 16. 16, like, the, obviously the, the longer it goes, the worse it is, yeah. The longer it goes, the worse it is, but 16 was the last one and it was, we were told, you know, 
we'd gone by the sort of stage where she might have lost in the past and everything was quite hopeful and she was doing really well all accounts and bloods and everything was were, were perfect so in many respects that was the hardest one to take I suppose I mean the fact that we've got four beautiful children you know helps it doesn't erase the memories but I mean for somebody who had let's say for argument's sake just gone through them four horrible events and to have nothing or, or nobody to show for it you know would possibly be a lot worse than what we went through but you know that's a part of life I mean sometimes you're gifted and sometimes you're not I mean it's, to ask somebody there, but there is just an assumption, there isn't it, that reproduction and having children is just it's the normal. norm. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. You know, you know you're 25, yeah. 26. The first thing started, Jay, you're going out war for a while. What's going on? Are you, are you too mean to buy a ring or blah, blah, blah? Yeah, buy the and, ring, get the house, have a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of, it, 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 it's a sort of a rite of passage in this country, I think, now. You, you do one thing, then you do the next, then you do the next, and then you're sorted. You have, you, you have a boy and a girl and... You get the, the people carry your jobs done. You know what I mean. And I, and I know, and I, and I know, as, as much as it is great to, for a guy to want to be a father, I, I can't imagine what it's like for a woman because it's a very natural thing for a woman to want to have a baby because they have. You could argue with maternal yeah, and, instinct yeah, and, and not yeah. be able to have one. And the one thing I'd say to you is, Niall, if 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 I could, um, during the four um, our, our four episodes where we lost four children, um, it hurted me. Yeah. You know, it 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 devastated me. It, it really did. But I I could see, and you know, I could see a different pain in my wife's eyes. Yeah. You know, take away the physical. You know, I I there was nothing physical done to me. All my damage and all my sort of affliction was mental. But she had the mental side of it, and she had the physical side of it, which I don't care. I know men get you know sometimes overlooked. And you know, which is fine. That's what we do. We look after the people that were directly involved. It it hurted me, but it it not not, her. not not in the same way as it as it, of course like, because she's she's know. a woman. It's a maternal thing, yeah. Because yeah, yeah it is, Niall. You're dead yeah. right. You're yeah. you're a hundred percent. It 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 and it it's that. And I, I I know there's women listening today who can't have a child. You know, and young women. You know, twenty five, twenty six years of age, have been told. You can't have a baby. And that must be the most devastating news for a woman to hear who wants to have a baby. Now, for some women who don't want to have a baby, that's fine. But it is devastating. But just stay there for a second. Let me go to Margaret as well. Margaret, you're on Classic Kids. How are you, Margaret? Hi, Niall. How's it going? Margaret, we don't have this conversation enough and we need to be honest about the conversation and bring it out in the open because it's good that we can talk about it because then we can all be honest with each other, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, you, you went through IVF. Uh, you went abroad, actually, to, to go through oh, IVF. I did. Yeah, I did. I went abroad. Um, actually, I, do you know what? Now that you're saying opening up the conversation about it, I, I'd probably be a bit nervous now talking about it because I've never spoke about it. You've never, ever spoke about it? <laughs> Not really, no. And um, why? Really. I, I know, before we get into the story, why did you feel that, that you couldn't talk about it? Is there kind of a stigma to it? Oh, absolutely. There's a massive stigma to it. Firstly, it, it's within yourself where you feel, you know, less than and you feel like a bit of a failure when you're the issue like I was the issue it's like part being part of a woman being able to give birth then you feel there's something missing yeah. then is it yeah well what you feel like is you know the one thing that you're put on this earth to be able to do is is recreate yeah. and, and you can't do it yeah. naturally you know the way you're supposed to be able to do it mm. and you you automatically feel useless you feel like a failure and you know it, it would take a massive effect on on mental health and the stigma out there is is very very real. It's very real. 
And it also puts pressure on your relationship too, because obviously being part of your relationship, if you both want children, I don't know whether you're in a relationship or, or whether you're yeah. married or whatever, but that can put pressure on a relationship too. Yeah, well, it never did for, for my relationship. I have to say, my now husband, uh, he's, he's always been amazing, actually, yeah. throughout, throughout all of it. You mm. know, I was very, very lucky that I have a very understanding. And most husbands have. are understanding. <laughs> You know, well, yeah. what happened to me now? I'll, I'll, do you mind, have you got five minutes? Yeah, go on. If I, I've all the time in the world. You go ahead there, Margaret. The gist of it. So basically for me, I had surgery when I was 11. I had an appendectomy and um, I was sewn up, sewn back together with an infection. And that infection stayed there undetected for for probably, what, 20, 20 odd years. Oh my, yeah. And that, that's what turned out to be the, the cause of my infertility. Um I ended up having to have my tubes removed. Yeah. Um, I was lucky not to have to have a hysterectomy because the infection was so bad. It had damaged me, me so much inside, you know, all my internal organs were fused and there was a lot of damage caused. And, and so by the way, no, for, the, for those 20 years, Margaret Strange, were you in pain? Were you aware of this problem? Well, I, I wasn't. And I'll tell you why I wasn't. Because it happened when I was 11 years old, I, I wasn't yet... A teenager, I hadn't started a men- menstrual cycle or anything like that as of yet. So, you know, when I started to feel what I thought was normal every month, obviously it wasn't normal every month, but I thought it was because I didn't know any different. Yeah. You know, and I go to the doctors over the years. I did get blood tests done. I did have, you know, tests done and, and stuff. And I was always kind of bobbed off here in this country, yeah. which is a shame. Because I'm 38 now, I just turned 38, and my son is only just about to turn one. He'll be one the 15th. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, There is hope, you know, there is hope at the end of it all. But he's about to turn one, and, um, you know, I I believe that if I didn't go abroad, I wouldn't actually have him. We wouldn't have him. Why did you choose to go abroad? I know they do it here, but was it it for financial reasons that you went abroad, or was the the clinic you were looking at more successful, or what? None of those reasons at all. We hadn't even looked into it here because we didn't know the extent of my issues when we were living here in Ireland. My husband's job took us over to Italy. And um, yeah. when we were in Italy, I you know, I, I had a pregnancy that, that didn't last. Um, it was a very early loss. And from that then... And I that's, by the way, to, that's what I talked to Nigel about. So that's very traumatic as well. That can be That's something else that we need to talk about is miscarriage, which can be sure. extremely traumatic. For sure. Now, for me, it was a, a very early loss. As I said, I mean, I wasn't four or five months gone. I was literally only about six weeks gone. Yeah. You know, so I, as it is traumatic. It's still a loss, but I don't think it's as traumatic as losing further on in a pregnancy. Yeah, you know, Nigel mentioned 16 weeks, his, his wife. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's definitely tougher, I think, because yeah. you've a, a developed fetus and everything at that stage, you know. Yeah. Um, but for us, anyway, that kind of spawned us on to go go looking into things. And our doctor in Italy, we were just blessed with. He was amazing. Um, we spoke a little bit of Italian and he spoke a good bit of English. So between our, Ita- our Italian and his English, we managed. And all in all, um, I think I did, I think we did nearly six IVF cycles. A couple of them, we didn't get past the, the what was it, transfer stage, say, a couple of them. You know, we didn't do a full cycle mm. each time sometimes because it failed early. Do you know this is what they were transferring the eggs, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we did six all in all, though, and, and Freddie was my very last egg, imagine. So, right. um, 
Yeah, my son is born out of out of that very last one, and and we believe that we wouldn't have him. What a wonderful gift! Yeah, one. absolutely. Yeah, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. But getting back to your topic, what you're saying about the stigma and all of that, you know, I'd like to just um, shine a light there on um, how it makes you feel. You feel like a failure. You know, people start asking, "Oh, and sir, and when are you having kids? Oh, God, whatever." And did you get that? Yeah, people kind of just that assumption. Yeah, yeah. All the time, because I, I'll tell you why. My husband and I, as I said, we're married five years. We're together nearly 17. So I think once you pass a few years in a relationship, it's an automatic thing that people start asking, you know, a threat and stirring. And I have to say, I'm guilty of it myself, you know, until I went through it myself and until I couldn't, I was having difficulty conceiving myself. I didn't realize the gravity of how much it would hurt. And I don't think I've ever said that to anybody. I've often said, as a, I've talked to Ashling and my producer, and I've often said, would you like to have children? Yeah. I, I think that's probably a nicer way to word it to somebody, maybe, rather, than, rather than is there anything stored and or God will be good to you or these yeah, kind of things that mother-in-laws usually say. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. People do say things and I, I genuinely don't believe people say things to be hurtful or anything. They just don't think. Yeah. You know, whereas now I've been through this myself. I wouldn't dream of asking somebody as they're at and stirring because I... I you know, I know what it's like when you go home and you close your door and there's nothing stirring. Do you know what I mean? And does it, do, do you feel better, Margaret, when you say you haven't talked to anybody about it? When you say you haven't talked to anybody, um, I mean, family members? I'm sure you've talked to family members and people about it. Honestly, not really, no. I mean, I have okay. a couple of um, close family members, all right, that I did speak to about it. Maybe a handful and a handful of friends. But, you know, it wasn't common knowledge. I definitely wouldn't have been... Um, and maybe. was there a particular moment where a doctor said to you, you can't have children? Was there a particular yeah. moment? Yeah, yeah, there was. My that, must have, that, that day must have been heartbreaking. That must have been just dreadful. Devastating. Um, what he had said to us was, if this, if this isn't successful this time, you know, maybe our next option would have been an egg donor. Okay. You know, where I would have needed to, to have used somebody else's egg and done IVF that way because mine were so affected from that infection. And that they may not never have been, they may not ever have been uh, good enough to mm-hmm. use, you know. But as yeah. I said, thankfully we did. We we managed in the end. But that would have been the next thing, and that was really really upsetting because I had to get my head around that then and try and figure out. Okay, so if I'm using somebody else's egg, is that is that my child? I know I'm carrying that child, and my blood is pumping through that child's veins and everything. But well, that is you're nurturing that child. Of course, it's your child. But, but yeah. in your head style, that's another hurdle that you do have to jump. You know, there's a yeah, the psychological part, but yeah, the psychological attached to it. You know, where you you don't even you never even think of this stuff until you're actually in that situation. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor, just stay there a second because I want to just go to Adam as well before I go to the break. Adam, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Adam? I don't know. Listen to Margaret's story there. And and to be honest with you, the whole stigma around talking about infertility or miscarriage, which are intrinsically linked, by the way. I mean, it's very difficult for people to talk about it, but we need to start talking and having much more open conversations about it so we can all deal with it. 100%. um, My wife and I, we have four kids, two boys and two girls, but she's been pregnant 11 times. 11 times? 11, yeah. 11. So she's so, had multiple miscarriages. Multiple, multiple after multiple. Um, never get any easier, but um, I'm glad now the, the first caller that was on was talking about miscarriage as well. Because Nigel, yeah? It, yeah, uh, Nigel, like it's, it's, it's horrible. I'm, I'm lucky and we're lucky that we have kids. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything for the world, but it's an absolutely horrible, traumatic thing. Um, in terms of talking about it, 
my wife has always talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never something that she's hidden away from. Um, she takes it in her stride. But I and, ju- and I'm sure it didn't get any easier every time it happened. No, no, no it never gets easier. And how and long? How long was the the longest pregnancy? Uh, she always kind of lost them before the the first trimester was over. So yeah. like you're saying, it's it's easier when it hasn't gone on that long, but. There was always, even on the times that we did, obviously, get our children out of it, there was always that in the back of the mind that this is just going to happen again. Yeah. Um, and, and that stress, probably, that anxiety and stress that your wife would go through knowing that this has happened before, that probably doesn't help. I'm not a doctor, but I'm sure that probably doesn't help. No, it's 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 something that will stay with her for the rest of her life. I know yeah. it will. Um all I can do is be there to support her, but... It's, and it's, by the way, it and, and, and support her, but also support you. I mean, they're your children too, you know what I mean? And yeah. Or potential children, as the case may be. Yeah. So, you know, they are, you know, and it's difficult for, for fathers and for the, their mother as well. It is. Um, it is quite hard. Um, not going to lie, it's, it, every time it happens, it's, it does cripple you, but mm-hmm. unfortunately for men... You, you kind of have to be there and take that as you want, you know, like you, you do kind of have to be there as the backbone. Yeah. You know, because otherwise everything would just fall apart. Yeah, Nigel so, talked about that that look in his wife's eyes and, and the devastation in her eyes every time she lost a child and, and yeah. I'm sure you saw that too as well, Adam. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. It's, it's the worst thing in the world. But look, thankfully you have, you have four children there now. Um, and and listen to Margaret. You know, I suppose that's even another step where you have a woman who just can't have children. I mean, that yeah. is equally as devastating as well. Yeah, even more so, I'd say. Mm, yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, listen. Thank you very much indeed, Nigel, yeah, Adam, and Margaret. You. Margaret, thank you very much indeed for sharing your story with us today. I really, really appreciate it. And I, and I hope it makes you feel good talking about it because I know there's other people listening around the country who listen to your story, and maybe today they might talk to somebody else about it. Yeah, you know what? I'd actually love to um, talk more in depth about it now. I feel I do feel a little bit better, you know, after speaking about it for the first time. And um, it's definitely an important topic to bring up. You know, a hundred percent. It's it certainly um, needs to be talked about. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, and I and I appreciate you choosing to come on the radio to do it. Listen, thanks very much indeed, Margaret. Okay, and by the way, after the break, I'll take a few more calls. If anybody's been in that situation, I think we do need to talk about the fact of infertility. And one in ten women. One in ten, ten percent of women will have difficulty getting pregnant and maybe not get pregnant at all. And many of those will never get pregnant. And it is something we need to talk about because, and I'm, I'm glad Anna Geary brought up the topic. And I know some people are saying, ah, there's a bit of political correctness there. Now I'm not saying to a woman, are you going to have a baby or whatever? But you do have to have an understanding. When you listen to Margaret and Adam and Nigel and people who've gone through multiple miscarriages or people who can't have children, it is important that you're conscious of that when you're saying it. Even if you're saying it in a light-hearted manner and you don't mean to offend you know, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. There's a woman 26 years of age, for example, and you turn around to her and you say, you know, uh, Anton Stern, well, you're not going to have a baby or you know, have kept having kids. And not knowing that for the last five years of her life, her and her husband have been trying desperately to have children. They could be going through IVF. They could have had four miscarriages. You don't know. And you're saying it to them. And, and it can be really, really hurtful. All right, after the break, I'll take a few more calls. Maybe you'd like to talk to us about your experiences and let me know. The number is 87 This idea of, you know, starting a conversation around not being able to have children or if you do, if you do eventually have children 
uh, the amount of women out there that will have multiple miscarriages and something that we don't consider when we say to somebody, are you having a baby? Are you thinking of having some soon? Are you anting stored in you? God will be good to you. Natalie, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Natalie? Hi, Niall. How's things? Good, Natalie. Nice to talk to you now, Natalie. Two and a half years. Uh, yeah. To, yeah, that's how long it is. To conceive and you had five miscarriages. In that five time. since that, yeah. Like the, the two and a half years we were trying, I think I had my head in the sand and I just kept going with it with, you know, ignorance is bliss. Just keep Did trying, we, which most people would do that. Yeah. Just keep trying, just keep trying. And I was kind of young, and but the, you know, it, the, the stress and the pressure when literally all of my friends were nearly on their second or third babies, and then every time I'd get, you know, an announcement of we're pregnant, it would, like, yeah, it's indescribable. You can't describe the gut wrenching kind of loss. Even though you haven't even conceived, you feel like you, you're losing each time. And that and must be hard for you. With, with girls of yeah. your age, would be having children, obviously, right? At your your circle, yeah. and they're yeah. saying to you, "You never guess, I'm pregnant." And you, and you have to smile and be delighted yeah. and congratulate. And not that you don't want to congratulate them. No. But, but in saying that in the back of your mind, you're, you're gutted. You're absolutely gutted. And then you feel so guilty for feeling that kind of jealousy and that envy and that anger and everything mm. that comes along with it. You feel so guilty. And you just kind of get on with it. And I remember a friend actually pulled me up because I didn't tell anyone that, you know, we had difficulty conceiving. I was just kind of downplaying it saying... Ash, look, we're kind of half trying sure if it happens, it happens kind of thing. Just downplayed it all. Yeah. And she, she kind of said, look, you know, I feel like you haven't really been present. You know, you haven't come to visit much. And I just broke down and told her. And she yeah. was so understanding at that point as to why I was kind of distant. You know, she could yeah. understand. Yeah. And then she said, well, I had two miscarriages. I'm like, oh, my God. And then this, this is the way, isn't this the point? The more people honestly, talk about it, the more we can normalise it a little bit and make people, yeah. I'm not saying it makes people, it'll never make people feel better, but no. at least we know other people have gone through that. Yeah, and it opens the door to communication and then some support because I think if you're doing it alone with just you and your partner, it's like kind of nearly a burden on the two of you that, you know, you kind of need other people to talk to so that it's not complete pressure yeah. on each other as well you know that you're solely dependent on each other for emotional support and I know with, la- with lads hurts. it's the same thing as well if his wife yeah. is not getting pregnant his mates might be saying he's not going to say anything to his mates because no. his mates might be saying well is there something wrong with you like her or, you know what I mean and, and yeah. there's that whole stigma around that as well you know are, are you fired and the, the old line is yeah. are you firing blanks you know that, exactly. that line you know yeah. and then, to top it all off then you had five miscarriages as well and that same must have been stuff, even yeah. devastating Oh, like, and sometimes I think what's worse, not being able to have a baby or having it there in front of you and then taken away with absolutely no explanation. And I think the hardest part of it all for me was the actual, the pregnancy loss services. Um, mm. Yeah. Like, where do, where do I start there? Like, for example, you go into maternity hospital, into the emergency room, and you're literally sitting in the middle of a large area with bumps everywhere. Pregnant women all over the place, yeah. Pregnant women all over the place. And then with COVID, you're doing it alone, even worse. Yeah. And you come out of the room after being told there's no heartbeat, heartbeat's gone, you come out alone, again, faced with bumps, and there's nowhere for you to go and decompress for a few minutes before you make that drive home. I can't even imagine how that would feel, by the way, that you've just been told your baby is not, your baby is dying. And then you walk out into a room full of pregnant women who are eight and nine months pregnant, maybe, you know. Exactly, yeah. So even, you know, I I think even having those services set up in a way where you're allowed to grieve and you're allowed to be given that time and it's not rush out the door for the next woman to come in. Yeah. I think even that in itself, 
just allows women to process it and talk about it and it normal makes it more normal and not yeah. like you just have to suck it up and get on see it and how long how long was the longest pregnancy that you had at that time when you had the miscarriage um, it was it was two months so okay. not too far on but that was the first and then the rest were really early on, like four or five weeks. Yeah, but still, it's so, it's it's it's, it's, it's the success of being pregnant yeah. and that relief that oh, eventually I'm pregnant. Great, I can have yeah. a baby, and then it's taken away from me again. And, and I know that must be an awful situation to be in. Yeah, it is, and I think you, you learn to deal with it in different ways. Sometimes you develop some healthy coping mechanisms, and sometimes they're not so healthy. At the moment, I'm in a kind of a, a stage where I'm just. I'm burying it down and just not dealing with it. And it's, yeah, okay, right. And what's your plan you know, now? What's, what sort of plan have oh, you got? Oh, well, the plan is they can't find anything wrong. They've done the bloods. I'm waiting on scan results now, which I know will probably be normal because I've had lots of yeah. scans along the way. And, and the, this could be a situation issue, so. too, and I've heard this before, where there's nothing yeah. wrong with your partner, nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And people say, and I've heard this line, I don't know how true it is, that people are just not sexually compatible. And yeah. and that can happen too. It's like I suppose people you know who get transplants, the drugs, the re- anti rejection drugs. They have to take that. People's yeah. eggs and sperm just reject each other constantly all the time. And yeah, maybe that's exactly. a thing. And you know? that that but you know, but they could use as that as an excuse if we didn't have a baby, but we have a baby, so that's not yeah. you know. So yeah. I think it's nearly worse being told well we can't find a problem. Yeah, that's nearly worse. I prefer if they said, well, look, this is the issue. I'm like, okay, be pragmatic about it. Let's do what we can to fix it and go from there and have a plan or have something to kind of focus on. But when you're told can't find any issues, it's, you're like, oh, and okay. And is the problem that we just, that we're, we kind of just don't talk about things like that. You know, we're yeah. a bit weird about talking about things like that, aren't we? We don't There's like talking about miscarriage. Or, and I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Because if, you know, if a parent dies or a family member dies, it's, you know, you stick it on your social media, you tell your friends, the support is there, you openly talk about it. It's not a shameful thing. It's not something you're embarrassed about or, you know, but when it comes to infertility or pregnancy loss, it's like this hush-hush kind of... And people are oh, afraid to say so, oh, that's the girl yeah. who lost the baby, better not say anything to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I mean and you'd much yeah. prefer people to come up and say something to you and say, gosh, yeah. Natalie, you know... And people aren't about it. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, I can talk to you about it. Yeah. Can yeah. I help? Yeah. I know, and I, I, I think it kind of, it, it's down to the women themselves, I think, to just say, look, it is what it is. And, and maybe it's a bit of self-protection that if I talk about it, it's real. Yeah. So if I don't talk about it, it'll just go away. And maybe, you know, it could be just one miscarriage. Maybe I'll have another baby the next time and then there would have been no need for me to talk about it so maybe there's a bit of that too yeah and you don't know what to expect because we, we don't hear enough yeah. women and well and men too let's not leave the men out of this and we don't hear them talking about it you don't know what to expect so exactly. when you've already had two miscarriages you're thinking to yourself ah sure look I'm pregnant again but I'm probably going to lose it uh, whereas yeah. you, we want to hear other women saying well actually no I had two miscarriages my third was successful and that's great so we want to hear the yeah. good stories too you know when, and things that do change you know what I mean yeah and like there's a flip side to that as well like a friend of mine had she had her first baby and then after the first baby she had two miscarriages and then had her, her second. So her, you know, after I think my, my third miscarriage, she said, well, I had two and then I had my second baby, so it'll be grand. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. well, it's been a year later and I'm still not pregnant. So I think I it upset me at the flippancy of her response, but that was just yeah. Her kind of way of dealing with it. Well, like, I had a second, you know. So and, and by the way, time moves on too, because the more miscarriages and tries that you're yeah. having, you're getting older, you know, and your age that's is not on. And when it comes. Yeah, yeah. The, bio, that's the, it the biological it clock is. ticks yeah. away. <laughs> it does. 
But look, the best of luck to you, Natalie. And I, and I Thank hope, you very much. I, 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 see, it's hard even to say now, I hope you have more babies if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, but for, for many people out there, that question, and Anna, Anna Gary raised the question about saying to women, you know, well, you know, is there anything stirred in, or is that happening or is God good to you yet? Yeah. And just being conscious of it when we're saying that. I know, know, I think it's a lot of the older generation that do that, I think, because, mm. you know, I think more so now women are a little bit more careful and cautious about saying things like that. But there is some people that just flippantly say it and not think. Yeah. But I think... I and think I, don't think, I don't think there's any badness in those people. You no, know, there's, I, no, there's no malice meant in it, but yeah. it's just completely ignorant. It can be hurtful. Really. Yeah, it can yeah, be hurtful. Can, yeah. Listen, yeah. Natalie, thank you very much indeed for sharing your Thanks, experience. Pal. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, loads of women, by the way, texting in, by the way. And somebody says it's, it's hard for people. Uh, not to be able to have children. Too upsetting to talk about. I was in early 30s when I discovered I had a cult, uh, acute, I was saying, is there a cult ovarian failure, which meant I could not have children. I could not talk about this on the radio. I could uh, not adopt, unfortunately, as sub- subsequently had a serious illness. Uh, we are now happy with our lot, uh, but that took years. Uh, still very hard times. Yeah, and I understand how difficult it can be for everybody, including the fathers. People saying that now nah, maybe we should mention the fathers more. Yeah, well, Nigel and Adam, I think it was on earlier on, were talking about it quite openly as well. And I don't have too much time, but I do want to get to Neve and Stephen just before I finish today. Neve, you're in Classic Kids. How do you doing, Neve? Hi, Neve. How are you? Good. You believe it's a very kind of private issue. Um, and I, I, I don't think it should be private anymore. I think we should talk about it more. No, I think we should. But what I mean is when it comes to just like going up and saying it straight out to somebody, you know, I mean, I would have been like that until my own sister had what they call unexplained infertility. Can't have them, have, have children who would have loved it. And like strangers would come up to her knowing that she was married. Oh, you know, you're not going to... Have a baby. Uh, you have a baby. And continuously she had to tell her story and it was ridiculous you know because such a private issue no stranger should have any concern about it yeah but to have to continually tell her story when it was so something that she couldn't even explain because well, the doctor and i'm sure explain. upset her every time she had to talk about it yeah she did and it made me feel and i remember at the time because you know i sort of thought god i can i can you know get pregnant i was lucky never had an issue and then I started feeling guilty until she told me to cop on, you know, and said, look, you're allowed to be happy. Yeah. You're allowed to be happy and pregnant. Just because I can't doesn't mean you're not allowed to be happy. Don't yeah. be hiding us and, you know, not talking to me. Don't not, not hug your children in front of me just in case you think I'm going to feel bad about it. Yeah, I get and it. she's the most amazing yeah. aunt to them. Yeah. You know, she really is. But at the end of the day, like she was, her attitude was, look, just because I can't doesn't mean you're not allowed to be happy. Yeah, no, 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 I, I get that. I'm sorry for rushing you, Eve. I'm just a bit short on time today and I want to get to Stephen as well. Um, stay there, but if you can, if you want to. Stephen, yeah, you're part of a charity called Dads with Angels. Explain to me briefly what that is. It's a charity that's set up high you know, it's a It's a charity that's set up more or less directed at fathers who go through bereavement. Okay, this is true. Miscarriage as well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Miscarriages, children who have died unexpectedly, uh, yeah. hit and runs, drowning, everything. Oh, my. Yeah. Mainly, it's miscarriages. Now, we're, we're worldwide at the moment from England, America, Australia. We have countless amount of people on our page. And what made you and, start that page up, by the way? Uh, I didn't start it up. It was a man started it in England, a man named Paul. Lovely man. He, he actually passed away. And uh, I went through, well, the wife, she went through five, five miscarriages. I'm sorry to hear that. That must have been, it must have been very difficult for both of you. Uh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking. But uh, I wear it as a T-shirt now. I, 
I, I put my head up and the amount of people who I've come across now who have had miscarriages, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But uh, it's, 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 it's a lot more common than people think, by the way. Cause we, and the reason oh, is, that pe- when I say that people think, is we don't talk about it. Exactly. We don't. We, we're, us men are told to hush our feelings. The wife is always looked after. And, and I don't, I don't necessarily believe she's out. When I say looked after, well, yes, she gets yeah. the support. And you're there to support her, I suppose. But who's there to support you? That, no, I, I think I went eight months before someone asked me a part outside my mum or my family. How you feel? It was there, How are you? And it was only. And how were you? How were you? Oh, I was broken. I, I was, I, I was in the end of my tether. Yeah. Put it that way. The first one was tough. The first one we found out when Baby Bell was discovered on the beach in 2018. Yeah. And our name that we had picked was Bell. So I was sitting in there waiting for the scan, and she came out and said, "We have to go upstairs." And, just watched the news literally and found out that the baby had been found on the beach and then been told that her baby's heartbeat has gone. Right. It broke me. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but uh, it's, we're literally, but we're out there for men. Yeah. Don't hide your feelings. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't hide your feelings. You're right. Let people know how you feel. We need to, this needs to be talked about. There isn't enough help for people out there compared to IVF and everything. There isn't help. Well, I'm glad you're, I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you a little bit short today because I don't want you to stop talking. And, and I don't want other men like you and other women, by the way, who, who have problems with, in, with infertility or miscarriages or whatever it happens yeah, to be. Yeah. I want them to talk about it. And I'm sorry that I'm cutting you a little bit short because it is the end no, of the show, Stephen. Oh, no, but I, yeah. but I'd love to have you back on again and talk to you a bit more I, about it. No, I, I'd be on in a heartbeat if you're ever picking up on this subject again. I will be on in a heartbeat. No, I think I think we will probably be talking about it again before the end of the week. All right, Stephen, Brilliant. lovely talking to you. Take care of yourself, you all right, and, and you, all mate. your members and, and and friends and people that support your organisation. Thanks very much indeed. Where can, by the way, if there's dads that want to get in touch or they yes, want to, yes, you know, talk to like minded, yes. where where can they go again? Facebook Dads yep. with Angels International, okay. and we're uh, we're here with our arms open. We have twenty members nearly every day joining. Okay, I tell you, we're growing. Okay, we're so, here for every father. Okay, go to Facebook and the name of the page is Dads with Angels if you want to go on there and Stephen is part of that international organisation giving support to men who have lost a baby through, uh, not just, by the way, through miscarriage or whatever it is, but it could be through accident or could do anything at all for any reason, young, a young baby, all right? Listen, thanks very much indeed. Thank Stephen, you. Peace Thank you. Uh, all right, so many stories, by the way, so many people texting in. Um, somebody says, not, it's amazing to listen to people talk so openly about miscarriage. Uh, I had seven miscarriages. My gosh. And I was never able to talk about it. And very rarely did people want me to talk about it. I would love to come onto your show at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it is it is a very sensitive subject, as people pointed out, and it's not, it's very difficult to talk about. And we should be we should talk about these things more often. We absolutely should. Damien Farrelly is on the way. I'll talk to you again live again tomorrow at twelve. Don't forget catch me just after nine o'clock tonight as well. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show with Team Hygiene, suppliers of Symmetry Hand Sanitizer. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.